You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast. It is Wednesday, July the 28th of 2021. I am the St. Louis Cardinals mega fan and your host for the show, Lucas Smith. Cardinals have a series split with the Cleveland Indians as they fall today 7-2. And unable to make up any ground and the Cardinals fall back to 500 at 51-51. and And they remain, probably if we're being honest with ourselves out of striking distance in the National League Central. As I sit here and record this, before Milwaukee plays tonight, St. Louis is 8.5 back of the Milwaukee Brewers for first place and 7.5 back of the San Diego Padres. Um, for the second wildcard spot, Philadelphia also 7.5 back, and the Reds at 6 back. Trade deadline is in two days. It is just about twenty or just about 48 hours from now, rather. As I sit here and record this, it's coming your way at 3 p.m. Central. Uh, on Friday, and this Cardinal team is really—they've they, played exceptional baseball post All Star break. Don't get me wrong; they—they they, they really have turned it around. But I, I just don't know if it's enough to convince this front office to really be aggressive and to, to to be complete buyers. My prediction is that this team stands pat and doesn't do a whole lot at the deadline, and that this this team that we saw out here on Wednesday is the same team that we saw that that we see on Friday. Uh, but but on today's show, breaking down both games, I recorded yesterday's game reaction or game segment, if you will, yesterday. Uh, so so and I, I mentioned that a couple times, both at the beginning and at the end. Uh, so so, the, so that reaction is just as of yesterday, because yesterday was a really well played ball game, really well played ball game. And then today we obviously saw the, the faltering of, of KK Kim. So today's show, first I'm going to share that segment. And then I will come back with the reaction and analysis from today's game as, again, the Cardinals fall 7-2 and then finish up with some more general thoughts, news and notes, and sadly, my prediction for the Cardinals not doing anything at this trade deadline. And I'll talk a little bit more, more about that uh, in, in segment number three and kind of, kind of wrap up the show there. Uh, just as a, I'll say this again at the end, but tomorrow, Thursday, Locker Room going live at 4 p.m. Central. I'm sorry, not Locker Room. Green Room. Spotify Green Room going live on Spotify Green Room at at 4 p.m. Central. And it works out because today's sponsor is Spotify Green Room. Uh, download the app. Join me tomorrow at 4 p.m. Central uh, to get in on the action. Going to be a fun one. Um, so hope hope to, to hear you, see you, and talk to you then. But um, we'll go ahead and share the first segment of me talking about yesterday's game now. And uh, we'll get into the rest of the, the next game after that. The Cardinals played about as a crisply game that you can play at the major league level. Game only took two hours, 51 minutes. There wasn't an error played, or error committed, rather. And it, it, I mean, yes, Paul DeYoung had the big two-run shot to give the Cardinals the lead in the seventh inning. Not trying to dismiss that. But to me, the story of the game was still Adam Wainwright and Harrison Bader. As Harrison Bader continues to just demolish the baseball, and Adam Wainwright continues to somehow defy father time as Harrison Bader now has a slash line of 301 368 548 that's right this man's getting on base at a 368 clip and slugging at a 548 clip all both those are highest in his career as well as as you probably well know the average is the highest in his career and his OPS is at 916 right now he's been remarkable in his return since the IL he is an absolute game changer there is no denying 
that Harrison Bader has made a difference in this St. Louis Cardinals lineup and on the team and in the whole picture of how this team looks and feels. Danny Mack talks about it a lot on the broadcast just from the defensive side of things of how he just seems to calm the outfield down. He's he's just a, a calming presence on the field. He's not calm on the field because he's wild, crazy, and really energetic and all that stuff, but he does do a nice job and he kind of rounds out the... Um, rounds out the... How do you say? Rounds out the team nicely. There's no other way to put it. And he, he came back from the I.L., uh, had a grand slam on the, the second day he's been back. And ever since he came back from the injured list, the Cardinals are have only lost one series. And that were uh, two series, I'm sorry. And that was to Colorado and Cincinnati. But they beat the Giants uh, two out of three times. They split with the Cubs. They beat the Giants twice more. They won the series against the Cubs and then lost to the Reds. But Cardinals have been playing a lot better baseball since he's been back into it. And he is not the, the sole factor up, but he's a big part as to why the Cardinals are playing better baseball. He's laying off pitches uh, that he would normally swing at a year ago or even earlier this year. And I was talking to some of the Locked On hosts about uh, Babbitt, batting average of balls in play, basically how unlucky or lucky you get. Um, the, the, you got to look at the extremes for Babbitt, okay? Uh, the, the, the extreme highs means the batter's probably getting lucky. The average is going to come down. The extremes low means it's getting unlucky. The average is probably going to go up. I think this is interesting because everybody looks at 2019 as a horrible year for Bader. And, and it was 205, 314, and an OPS of 680. It's not a good slash line. But he looked at his Babib of balls in play, 268. He was getting unlucky. And now his Babib batting average on balls in play is 313. So when, when we were told, we, when I was, I was talking, we were told we were looking at the, the extremes of 350 and upwards. 313 and you're hitting 301, that's pretty consistent. That's pretty close. And you look at all the peripherals and then you look at all the um, the sabermetrics and everything. They're very favorable. His K, his K straight, excuse me, his K rate is down as well. There's really nothing that Harrison Bader hasn't done to improve his game here in 2021. He's played 42 games, so I get that you'd still like to see a little bit more from him. But also, he's on a streak right now that nobody can deny that he is one of the hottest players, best players in baseball right now as we stand playing well over the last week. I thought he got snubbed as player of the week last week. If he keeps it up, there's no reason why he can't win it this week, even though he's only got five games. But he just continues to be an extra bases machine, a home run machine. And he continues to play incredible defense. And he, he was, I mean, the, the, the offense was the big story yesterday. But he, was the, he, to me, was the biggest question mark coming into this season as to, ooh, it, how is this outfield going to look? I don't, I don't really know how I feel about this outfield. Bader was the big question, and he has answered the bell. 100%. Bader haters are glad they're wrong, and Bader, Bader enthusiasts are jumping through the roof, jumping with joy right now. And it, it's a joy to see because Bader could, could be a, it has been a real difference maker in this lineup. Going to the pitching side from yesterday or Tuesday, Adam Wainwright, seven strong innings, two earned, two walks, eight punch outs, lowers his ear rate of 3 5 1. He's the ace of the staff right now. Until Jack Flaherty gets back, until further notice, Adam Wainwright is the absolute state, excuse me, is the absolute ace of this pitching staff. He was able to mix in and out. He's got a good mix of pitches when he's on, got a good feel for pitches. He's not going to blow you away. He's going to top out 90-92, but he is just an old-school pitcher that knows how to pitch, knows how to induce soft contact, give up a bomb to Jose Ramirez. That, that was difficult, but he was still really remarkable on the mound yesterday. And I'm really kind of scared to think about where this team would be without him. 
You know, is a 3-5-1 ERA through the roof, fantastic all-star Hall of Fame? No, but he's 39 years old, so that the context matters. And also, outside of Kim, a couple turns to the rotation, and Jack Flaherty all the way back in May, the starting rotation has struggled to, to be consistent time in and time out. Yes, they've had good stretches for a turn or for a week and a half, maybe, through the rotation, but Adam Wainwright really has had his couple blow-up starts here and there, but by and large, he gives his, his team a chance to win each and every single night. And that, that, that to me, is what you're, you're asking for out of, out of any pitcher, and that is something that I don't think a lot of people expected from Adam Wainwright this year because I think I expected more blow-up starts from Wainwright. I really did. I think I expected more of a four ERA rather than three and a half or low threes. And I'll tell you what right now. The extension talkers are going to are going to come fast and furious once the offseason hits about, ooh, do we extend Molina? Do we extend Wainwright? My thought right now is extend Wainwright, but not Molina. And that might cause some uproar. That might cause some agreement. Andrew Kisner is ready to play at the major league level. You could argue that maybe the Cardinals have five starters without Wainwright. But if, if Wainwright wants to play another year, I, it would be hard-pressed for me to say no unless the Cardinals made some you know, franchise-altering moves to get five number ones or four number twos or, or what have you. But Adam Wainwright has given everything he's got to the Cardinals this year. And if he decides to retire, that'd be great. But if he wants another year, he's one that I would seriously consider re-signing if I'm the St. Louis Cardinals. What he means to this franchise. I mean, I talked about a lot off se- last offseason about just, you know, the, the the extra stuff that Yadi brings, how much he means to the fan base and, and yada, yada, yada. Um, same thing was true with Adam Wainwright. But with Adam Wainwright, you get that plus a lot more results than Molina has been giving you. Molina th- threw out a runner yesterday. He, he's very imp- he he can impress. He had the walk off hit about a week ago. I get it. I'm not trying to just you know diss on Molina all the time and saying that he's the worst catcher in Major League Baseball. I know some of you might be saying that. You're going to get results from Molina every once in a while. But Adam Wainwright has been giving you results day in and day out and continues to impress. Paul D. Uh, uh, just kind of to wrap up the point there. Adam Wainwright. I would just, just to, to really hit it home, I would seriously consider re-signing Adam Wainwright to a one-year contract next year if he if he was willing. Uh, just to kind of finish at the point on yesterday's game, like I said, Paul DeYoung went one for three yesterday with a two-run shot. He, he, the shortstop position to me right now is a huge, huge question mark. Paul DeYoung has shown flashes of being brilliant. He has shown flashes of being a lot less than brilliant. But it... it it's one of those things that, you know, do you want to kind of bank on this guy who's been really inconsistent really his entire career? Yeah, he had a 30 home run year, but man, do those things come in waves. Um, and you, if I'm the Cardinals, I'm seriously consider using him as, as a trade piece or you're just moving him down to the bench, bench bat area. But Paul DeYoung came through yesterday. That There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Had the big home run, uh, hung a breaking ball, and DeYoung hammered it. So we'll, we will see how it how it went uh, on Wednesday, but uh, this is really crisply team win, uh, crisply played game and team win on Tuesday that really I have little to no complaints about overall. Um, it, it was it was a game that, that the kind of the Cardinals, it, it was drawn up to their exact liking. Starter goes seven, then you finish up with uh, two of the big three in Gallegos and Reyes. So big, big time win on Tuesday. And if the Cardinals want to try and convince or try and force the ownership's hand into making some moves, they got to start winning games this week. And they're only going to have one more chance to win a game before the trade deadline. And that comes, or that came today. So hopefully that they won. And again, I recorded this before the game on Wednesday. Um, but it was 
yeah, a really crisp of the cake played game and a and a, a game that the Cardinals really needed. Not a lot of drama, just nice to the point, incredible win. Wainwright Bader, DeYoung steal the show, and uh, the, the Cardinals pulled out a big win t- uh, Tuesday, and it was it was it was good to see just a nice, easily played game. This episode is brought to you in part by Greenroom. Greenroom is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms for Locked On Cardinals once a week. You can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every single day. Greenroom is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course reacting to big news or rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with me and we'll be featured on tomorrow's show of Locked on Cardinals through our Green Room Conversations by joining me tomorrow at 4 p.m. That's Thursday at 4 p.m. Central. So go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, join the MLB group for latest league updates, and follow me at LJFastball to be notified when my room goes live. Again, I'm planning to be live Thursday at 4 p.m. Central. Can't wait to hear everybody's thoughts on the Cardinals. I'll be sure to see you there. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, so let's go ahead and get into today's game action. Like I said at the top, KK Kim turns in his worst start of the year, both in... Length, it was his shortest length uh, of a start as well as the most earned runs he's given up as his final line goes just two and a third innings today. So giving up five earned runs, uh, four of them, or giving up four home runs, excuse me, uh, walking one and no strikeouts, giving up five hits. So you take away the four home runs, it's a pretty good start, right? <laughs> uh, sadly, that that's not how not how that works. The Kim just looked just looked flat today. Really looked flat. His stuff wasn't electric. wasn't there. Left a lot of balls up. That's where he tends to get hurt. Uh, is leaving the ball up, but or I'm sorry, not not but. And today was one of the days where he just kept leaving the ball up. Fran Mill Reyes was one strong man. Jose Ramirez made him pay, and yet the other home run, you know, Reyes made him pay twice. So the home run came from Cesar Hernandez. His 18th of the year. So this Indians team has some pop. I mean, all three guys who homer today are the three big power guys. They all have more than 18 home runs. Ramirez has 22 now. Hernandez has 18. And Fernando Reyes is up to 19. It's not to give any excuses, but this is not a, a Cleveland team to, to sleep on. I mean, yes, they're, 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 they're literally right at above 500 now, just a, a game above. So it was it, is this an easier schedule because they were at or below 500 coming into play? Yeah, but at the end of the day, this is still a competitive team and, you know, one that you could argue is in a very similar spot to St. Louis that has some pieces but not a full team and they're kind of debating whether or not to buy or, or sell. And right now, the, the Indians, um, as we sit, like I mentioned at the time of this recording, sit at 50 and 49 and they're, uh, they are four and a half back of the wild card, uh, the second wild card spot and Oakland holds that and then behind the White Sox they're a little bit more behind as they are nine games back of the Chicago White Sox so this Cleveland team has some pop the team there that all the players on this team that has pop are the ones with the home runs and you KK Kim has been a very solid starter the entire year but like I said that KK Kim is not Adam Wainwright he's not as consistent as Wainwright Kim um, has been phenomenal these last two four five six starts just was his time 
to, to get rocked around a little bit, and he definitely got rocked around uh, against Cleveland yesterday. Behind him, Justin Miller didn't look very sharp, but John Gant did walk two, and some of those pitches just just weren't even close. Uh, Luis Garcia turns in his best start, or not best start, best appearance as a Cardinals. He goes two scoreless, lowers his ERA to 18. Y- yes, you, you heard that correctly. Lowered his ERA to 18, and Andrew Miller had a sharp inning, striking out two against his former club. So, you know, I keep saying take away these things, but you take away the first two pitchers and the Cardinals win this game. <laughs> but also, you give the Cardinals offense, or if the Cardinals offense scores more runs, they also win the game, and that tends to be a little bit more um, a little bit more guaranteed way uh, of winning the game. Offense looked strong early. Molina worked really nice at bat to drive home a run. Or drive home a run. Dylan Carlson had a bomb to straightaway center field for a home run. Looked like they were rolling. Bader made some hard contact, but at the end of the day, just wasn't enough. Goldschmidt went one for four. Bader an 0 for four a day. Did not strike anybody out. Um, but what what's tough today for the St. Louis Cardinals offense is they were one for seven with runners in scoring position. They left seven runners on base. And just a preface to this stat, because I'm telling you how many runners on base O'Neill and Bader left on base. The runners left the team left on base stat is to end an inning. But for for example, Harrison Bader left six runners on base today. That does not and and Tyler O'Neill left five. You might say, well, that's eleven, and the team left on base was seven. How does that work? For individual players left on base, when you're looking at the MLB box score, that's how much they individually left on base, even if even if the inning isn't over. So if there's a runner, if there's a runner, excuse me, on first and second with one out, and I strike out, I get two left on base on the stats on the stat line of the box score, but the team left on base doesn't get any. However, if there are two outs and two runners on, swing and a miss, strike three. I get two on my ledger, and the team left on base number goes up by two. But, again, so hopefully that makes sense. Harrison Bader and Tyler O'Neill left 11 runners on base today combined. Uh, O'Neill struck out twice. Bader went 0 for 4, so we like to see not striking out, because when Harrison Bader strikes out, that's when he tends to... or that, that is when he struggles, when he strikes out a ton. But that can't happen from your fourth-place hitter, and you wouldn't expect it to happen from the hottest hitter on the planet in Harrison Bader. Am I concerned about Bader? Am I worried that he's going to go back down into the, to his ways of 2019 and hitting 205 and getting on base at a really slow clip and striking out a ton? No, I, I am not. I, I just I, I do think that this this is one of those days that just the ball didn't bounce the Cardinals' way. Molina got robbed, um, and it just what wasn't the Cardinals' day offensively. Struck out 11 times. They didn't put the ball in play an awful lot. Three of the four Indians relievers had two punch-outs apiece. Zach Plezak looked good enough to get the win, obviously, only going five innings. But at the end of the day, this is just one of those games that didn't bounce the Cardinals' way. And it really sucks because you would really hope that the Cardinals don't have too many of those. But it, it really is looking more and more bleak for this team. It, it really, really is as we get closer to the trade deadline. And you might be saying, oh, Lucas, you're about two, three weeks late there. But I truly believed that if the Cardinals were were aggressive and made some moves, that this team could have been a playoff team. Because right now, as obviously going by the stats, as we stand right now, it's not a playoff team. Everybody knows that. And it, just, it really is unfortunate that it is that way because th- there is a lot of talent on this team. Carlson, Goldschmidt, Arenado, Bader, O'Neal. You've got the pitching staff of Wainwright. You've got the big three of Gallegos, Cabrera, and uh, Reyes. 
who all three, by the way, are going to be well-rested for this weekend series against the Minnesota Twins. But th- these are the kind of games, these are the kind of series that good teams win two out of two against. The, the, the Cardinals did not. And they just happened to run into a day where K.K. Kim wasn't his sharpest. In fact, he was not sharp at all. And he gives up five earned runs in two and a third innings. Gets tagged for his sixth loss of the year. His ERA jumps up to 3-3-1. Gives up four home runs at Progressive Field, which is a very small ballpark. Very nice ballpark. I've been there, but pr- pretty small and seems conducive to the long ball. But like I said, story of this game, in my opinion, one for seven with runners in scoring position uh, and leaving seven runners on base. A couple of positives from this game outside of the Carlson and Molina RBIs. Uh, Kim had a nice pickoff play. Yadier Molina threw out yet another base runner. Yet another base runner. That's right. Molina um, somehow threw out another base runner. Because for some reason, base runners continue to try and steal off of him. Like I said, uh, like I said yesterday's show, if you didn't listen, say what you want about Yadier Molina, about his lack of offensive ability, lack of you know, he's lazy a lot. Well, whatever you want to say, that most of those points are pretty valid. That man still has a cannon behind the arm, behind the plate. Ricky Horton said on the radio broadcast today that uh, the Cuban Indians have been thrown out ten times this season. Yadier Molina owns two of those caught stealings. Pretty impressive. Pretty darn impressive for Yadier Molina. And I already mentioned the positive from the bullpen as well. One of the few negatives, or not one of the few, one of the, the bigger negatives as well before I wrap up this segment and move on is the Nolan Arenado injury. Is he had to leave the game after getting hit by a pitch, uh, and he, he left the game due to right forearm contusion, according to Katie Wu. Um, so, so, so hopefully it's precautionary. One would imagine with an off day tomorrow, another off day next Monday, that it was precautionary. Get him the full day of rest. They weren't coming back in this game. That was clear by the time he got hit. And you've got an off day tomorrow. Rest him up. Just be just be careful. Just be safe. But you never know. So ho- hopefully that Nolan Arenado is okay. End of the day, ball didn't bounce the Cardinals' way. These are the kinds of games that playoff teams win. And they, they Cardinals were not able to get it done. So that'll wrap it up for segment number two. Moving on here to segment number three in just a moment, giving... Uh, Kind of look at the schedule and just overall thoughts. Um, some more thoughts on the, on the trade deadline, and but some more frustration with it. Uh, before I do that, I want to let you guys know about Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein bar in all the land. They have a flavor for everyone. They've got coconut, cherry bars, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and even an occasional uh, occasional limited time flavor so you never want to miss out on these built bar offers my favorite is the double chocolate if you haven't tried other flavors that's okay get yourself a mixed box and order two of each of the nine flavors not only are these built bars the best tasting but they're healthy too they have 17 to 18 grams of protein calories ranging from 130 to 180 only four grams of sugar four to five grams of net carbs amazing flavors all tasty all healthy. Order today. Get the raspberry. Get the mint brownie. Get the double chocolate in honor of me or whatever you'd like. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order by using promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at Built.com.
Cleveland is a good team, like I mentioned, but you, you, you can't, you, you just can't split these kind of series. These series have to be ones you win. Cardinals didn't win it, and it's very frustrating. I feel like I've closed out pretty much a lot of the shows recently talking about this point, but the Cardinals have not really done or ha- have been unable to convince this front office, in my opinion, to really, really go for it. They had a really bad June sank them, in my opinion, including a six-game losing streak mixed in there. What really killed them as well, mixed into all that horribleness in June, was a four-game sweep against the Reds, losing two out of two against the Tigers, and then losing three out of four against the Pirates. Those Reds and Pirates series, by the way, coming at home. So when I look back at the season, in my opinion, it's those two those two points that <laughs> that are frustrating to me. It's those two series, not that they got away, but those two series that you, I think we're going to look back at and really, really be frustrated with. Because, yes, the Cardinals have played exceptional baseball, especially post-All-Star break. They took two out of three against the Giants. They took three out of four against the Cubs, salvaged a game against the Red Series, but they're playing above 500 balls since the All-Star break, 7-4. and four. And I think if, 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 if I would have told you that going into the All-Star break, we would have been very, very happy with it. The problem is, is that two of those four losses have come against divisional opponents. And those divisional losses are the types of losses that are going to absolutely kill a team. Which is why I mentioned the, the divisional losses last, uh, going, referencing the, the the June fiasco. Cardinals are 19-21 and 21 within their division. The two teams ahead of them, the Brewers, 28-17. and 17. The Cincinnati Reds, 28-18. and 18. That's the difference. Chicago Cubs, who are a game behind them right now, 22-25. and 25. Those types of games, the divisional games are what kill you. You've got to pick up ground. You've got to pick up ground in your own division when you have the chance. Cardinals have not been able to do that because they've lost to the Reds, Pirates. They got swept by the Cubs earlier this year. They were unable to win a couple series against Milwaukee earlier this season. It's the divisional games that have absolutely killed the Cardinals. That, to me, is a focal point that has not been talked about very often. 19-21 and 21 against teams in your own division. Just can't happen for a playoff team. Just can't happen. Let's take a look at all the, the playoff teams within their own division, see what the records are against their own division. Milwaukee Brewers, 59-42 and 42 overall, 28-17 and 17 against their division. New York Mets are 53-46 overall, 20-20 20 20 against the East. Not great, but the Mets obviously aren't, aren't are they're the worst playoff team right now in the National League among divisional winners. San Francisco Giants, 63 and 37 overall, 27 and 15 against the West. Go to the AL real quickly. Boston, 62 and 39. They are 28 and 13 against the East. White Sox, 60 and 41 overall, 33 and 18 against the National League Central. And the Houston Asterix, or excuse me, Houston Astros, 62 and 40 overall. 29 and 14 against the AL West. Good teams beat up on their own division. Cardinals have been unable to do that. And again, the NL Central is not the best division in baseball, but they have not been able to beat up on the Cubs and Pirates, which has been a huge problem. And the Reds, which are above them, which is a problem in and of itself. So many problems when you lose two teams within your own division. So many problems. So even though the schedule going forward is pretty weak for St. Louis, Mentioned on yesterday's show, the only playoff team the Cardinals might play until they play Milwaukee on the 18th. 
are the Atlanta Braves, who are currently on the outside looking in, but they could make their way to it. It's too little too late to, to kind of to think about that at all. Cardinals have d- dug themselves a hole in June, and as well as they, as they have played in July, and especially post-All-Star break, it's not been enough to, to change anything. Especially if they're not going to go out and make a move to improve this team. Especially then. It, it, it is very frustrating when you have other teams, Padres, A's have just made a move, Astros, Mariners, all making moves to improve their team, and the Cardinals have not. Very, very frustrating as a Cardinal fan. If you want to talk about those frustrations with me, you can do it tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening. Spotify Green Room, 4 p.m. Central. Download the app. Follow me at LJ Fastball to get notified when it goes live. That's going to be my show tomorrow. So my show tomorrow is going to be a late-night release again, but this time you have the opportunity to talk with me. Spotify Green Room, 4 p.m. Central. LJ Fastball, be there. Going to be a blast. And after you're done with that, you can... Follow the live NBA draft show. It starts on the NBA YouTube channel at 6 Eastern tomorrow, or 6 p.m. Eastern. NBA draft goat Chad Ford locked on NBA draft host Raphael Barlow and locked on NBA host John Carolus and will be live this year covering the NBA draft. Brought to you by Built Bar. So talk with me about Cardinal baseball and then go over there and watch the NBA draft on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. You can follow me on Twitter as well if you like at LJ Fastball. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. Be sure to email the show anytime at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. And once again, one more reminder, uh, be sure to join me on Spotify Green Room tomorrow at 4 p.m. Central. But until I talk to you guys then, hope to hear from most of you. And until I talk to you guys whenever you listen to me again, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.